Good morning. It's wonderful to be here and to share God's Word with you. Uh, second week that we have reopened. And um, I'm so excited because we've got more people in the house today than we did last Sunday. And I believe that every Sunday we're going to see more and more people come back um, as people get used to the new uh, social landscape. Now, we are continuing with our series on stewardship. Uh, and um, today we're going to talk about a very touchy subject. Why, I, why do I say touchy? Nobody likes uh, anyone to talk about their money. All right? No one likes anybody to talk about their money because they always feel it's my money. So, uh, and they don't like it. Now there was once a circus and in the circus there was this strong man act. And this strong man did amazing things. He bent iron bars and he did all of that. And finally, as his final act uh, to show his strength, he took a lemon and he squeezed the lemon with one hand, his powerful hand, and that act of sheer strength and power, he managed to squeeze every drop of lemon juice out of that lemon. And what, was, what he had in his hand after that was just nothing but pulp. And then he looked at the audience and he issued a challenge. He said, if there's anybody who can come and squeeze even one half a drop more from this, I will give you $200. The lemon in his hand had become pulp and it was dry already because he had squeezed everything. And finally, nobody dared to move because they could see, oh, there's, there's no way you can get anything out of the lemon. Suddenly, somebody stood up and the light focused on that person and it was a little frail old lady and she shuffled up to the front and this strong man looked at her and said yes ma'am can i help you give me that lemon young man and so he passed what's left of that lemon to her she took it in her frail hands her bony hands and she squeezed and a whole teaspoon of lemon juice came out and the strong man had a shock of his life and he took it back and he gave her the 200 ringgit. The crowd went rapturous. They were clapping their hands and cheering. And then he turned to her and he asked her, could I just ask you this question? And she looked at him and said, yes, oh, young man. And he asked her, how did you do that? And she said, that's simple practice. And he said, huh? He said, I have been, for 45 years, I've been the treasurer of the church. <laughs> now, we hear a story like that and we are tickled. But, you know, this morning as we talk about stewardship and treasure, uh, I, this is what I want to share with you today. It's something that I've shared before, and I think it's something that I'll continue to share because I think the church needs to get this in our system so that we understand um, how to be stewards of our, whatever God has given us, all right? Especially our treasure, our, our money, our finances, and all of that. Um, but what I want to share with you today, it's a principle behind this whole thing. And the principle is the law of divine possession. That's a principle that we find right through the scriptures. 
the law of divine possession. Now, what I want to do is to, for us to look at the passage on the screen, 1 Chronicles chapter 29, and we're going to read from verse 11. All right, 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verse 11. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. O oh, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you, and we give you only what you first gave us. Now, every time we talk about giving, we talk about tithing, isn't it? Now, I'm just going to run through this. I'm not going to talk about tithing today. I'm just going to talk about the broad principles behind the act of giving, all right? Um, and a tithe simply means, in Hebrew, it simply means ten, all right? Tithe means ten, and therefore, a tithe in the scriptures simply, mean, simply means ten percent of one's grain, one's fruit, or one's animals, or money, uh, you see this in the chapters, uh, the verses that you see on your screen, from Leviticus and from Nehemiah. Now, it does not only mean your money. It means everything you possess, one-tenth. <coughs> so that's what a tithe means, all right? So this concept of tithing is really as old as Abraham. It goes way beyond uh, the times of Moses and all of that goes back to Abraham. Uh, we read this in Genesis 14. Yeah? Uh, and, um, it, and then later it was officially incorporated into the law as part of Israel's worship, worship rituals. Okay? It was officially incorporated. But the principle went way back into the days uh, of Abraham. So we're going to look at this law, okay? The law of divine possession. Let me just check and see if that's happening. Yeah, very good. Thank you so much, AV team. Okay. Um, okay, the law of divine possession. Now, this is the principle. And throughout this sermon, I'm going to repeat this a few times, hoping and praying that that would get into your system. All right? The principle behind this entire, the principle behind stewardship and giving is this. Look at your screen because this is important, church. That God, the principle is this, that God always reserves something for Himself in this world to remind us that He is the sovereign owner of everything. Let me repeat that, okay? The principle is this, that God always reserves something for Himself in this world to remind us that He is, in fact, the sovereign owner of everything. And we see this in Scripture over and over again. Let me bring you back to the book of Genesis. Right at the beginning, God did this with a tree, didn't He? 
God did this with a tree. The scriptures tell us in Genesis chapter 2, verses 15 to 17, the Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and to watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. Now, it's a story that puzzled me for the longest time. Because when I was a child, I actually asked, I actually asked this of my mom, okay, and my grandma, because my grandma would tell me a lot of Bible stories. And I asked her this question, why did God put a tree in the garden that he didn't want man to eat? Isn't that asking for trouble? You, you know that's the way it is, right? We are all like that, okay? Malaysians especially. If you put a signboard on the side of the road, the Larang Buang Sampa, that means no throwing litter, that's the place everybody will go and throw litter. Am I correct? That's the place they'll throw the Sampa. If there is a, if there is a wooden fence and a hole and a sign that says, do not peep, everybody would line up to have a peep. That's the way it is. So I asked this question of my mom and my grandma. <clears throat> Why did God ask for trouble? He didn't want man to eat of this tree. Why did he put the tree there? He's asking for it. Why? Why do you think that is so? Because of this principle that God always reserves something for himself in this world to remind us that he is the sovereign owner of everything. So what God did was this. He made the world and he made it beautiful. He made it good. He put man in charge of this garden and he says, look, you are in charge of this place. You are the small g, God of this world. You, I put you in charge. You are the steward of this world. Everything is given into your hands. You tend to it. You take care of it. You are the boss of this world. So the animals will be subject to you. Everything will be subject to you. But this one tree, and, it's, and God said you can eat anything. All the trees in the garden you can eat. Everything is yours. You, 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 you take charge. You are in charge. But this one tree, don't touch. One tree. One tree, don't touch. Why? Because this tree will remind you that actually, while you are in charge, I am the sovereign owner of all of it. The principle. While you're in charge of this garden, this world, I am the owner of everything. The tree would remind you of that. So God did it with a tree. And the second thing, again, I'm going to move forward a little bit. God did it with a day. God did it with a day. Exodus chapter 20 verse 8 says, and this is when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments for the children of Israel, all right, for, for, for his people, that they would have to follow these commandments. One of the commandments, Exodus 20 verse 8 says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. The Sabbath day the seventh day of the week. Remember to 
observe the seventh day and keep it holy. Because on the seventh day, God rested. And so God says, that day is mine. Every other day is yours to do what you need to do. You work, you toil, you do whatever it is that you need to do for the six days. But this one day, no working, no doing anything, that day is reserved for me. Keep that day holy. That day is mine. What was God trying to do when He said that? What was He trying to do? He was actually doing this, the principle that God always reserves something for Himself in this world to remind us that He is the sovereign owner of everything. The principle is this. You have six days of the week to earn, to do what needs to be done. The seventh day is mine. That day you keep aside for me. Why? Because while you have six days, remember, actually, every day belongs to me. Every day belongs to me. So the six days that you have, it's not for, do, for you to do as you please. Because you remember, those six days are actually mine. But I reserve the seventh day as a stark reminder to you of who owns every day. Are you getting this principle? Because this is a principle that you need to get when we talk about stewardship, when we talk about giving. All right? Because it's a principle, as I said, that you see right through the Scriptures. It's not something that is just taught in a few verses. Every day belongs to God. So it doesn't mean that Monday I go to work, okay, uh, this is not a Sunday, so I can do whatever I want. No. Every day belongs to God. But the Sunday, for us, we now it's Sunday, but for the Jews, it was a Saturday, which was a Sabbath. But okay, it's the same thing, seventh day, first day, whatever, we just reserve one day for, to remind us that really God owns every day. He owns every day, not just one day. That one day is only a reminder of who the real owner is. So he did it with a tree, he did it with a day. Now, he did it with a city, didn't he? From Moses, we moved to Joshua. And this was what happened. <clears throat> Joshua led the children of Israel into the promised land. <clears throat> and then, God says, there was a city before them, city of Jericho, big, huge, walled city. And God told them that He will deliver this city into their hands, as He has been doing. All these enemies of Israel, God would deliver into their hands. And they were allowed to to take the plunder, alright? They were allowed to take the animals, take the, jewel, the, the treasures of the land because God had delivered them, delivered everything into their hands. So every time they conquered the city, they could plunder the city. All the loot was theirs. And then they came to this massively walled city called Jericho and God tells them this in Joshua 6, 16 to 17. Shout! Joshua commanded his people, For the Lord has given you the town. Jericho and everything in it must be completely destroyed as an offering to the Lord. But, 
Listen carefully. Do not take any of the things set apart for destruction or you yourselves will be completely destroyed. You will bring trouble on the camp of Israel. Everything made of silver, gold, bronze or iron is sacred to the Lord and must be brought into His treasury. So the instructions for Jericho were very different from all the other cities. All the other places that they went to conquer, everything in that city you can take. This one city, uh-uh. That one, everything that is in that city belongs to me, God says. So when you, when you take over this city, when you conquer this city, all the loot, you don't take it for yourself. You don't destroy it. You bring it into the treasure house. You bring it into the temple. And so God was saying that this one I'm reserving for myself. The others you can take, but this one. Why? Because of the same principle. Because God always reserves something for Himself in this world to remind us that He is the sovereign owner of everything. You can see that same principles being repeated over and over. God was telling them, even the other cities, when you conquer them and you are allowed to take the plunder, please remember that everything you take still is mine. So use them carefully. Use them carefully. Use them in a way that would honour me. Every day, you can go and work, do your thing, one day reserve for me, but remember, I am the Lord of every day. So live your every day with that in mind, so that you live in a way that honors me. That is the principle, over and over again. So he did it with a tree, he did it with a day, he did it with a city, and then he did it with a land. God did it with a land. Leviticus 25. This was years later, after Joshua, after all of that. And years later, right? After the prophets, after the kings. And then we look at Leviticus chapter 25. When you have entered the land I am giving you, the land itself must observe a Sabbath rest before the Lord every seventh year. Now this is... This, is, um, this was, these were instructions that God gave them. He said, okay, when you go into your promised land, this is what I want you to do. For six years, for six years, you can plant and harvest the land because the land will be fertile. A land flowing with milk and honey. It will be fertile. You will have fruit trees. You will have um, a produce on the land. It will be great. It will be overflowing. It will be abundant. You are allowed to, to harvest. You are allowed to take whatever the land produces for six years. But the seventh year, God says, don't plow the fields. Don't harvest. Leave the land every seventh year. Leave the land. Okay? Because that one year, the seventh year would be mine. Again, a reminder that God reserves something for Himself to remind us that, in fact, all the six years also belong to Him. But so it was a principle. So there was an instruction that God gave them. The land must observe a Sabbath rest. I mean, the seventh year must, you, you don't do anything. You leave the land. Let the land rest for one whole year. All right? Um, 
But this was what happened. So the Lord says, for six years you may plant. Okay, this one I mentioned already. Alright, now, um, I'm just going to move on. Okay. Uh, do not plant your fields prune. Okay, I mentioned that already. Okay, now, the next one. The Lord, and then this is what happened. The children of Israel went into the promised land and they saw the land was so fertile, was keep, kept producing for them. They plowed the field, they harvested for 490 years without rest. That's a long time. Few generations. They forgot the instructions that God gave them that there should be a seventh year of rest. Every seventh year, there must be one year, all right, of rest. They forgot that. They plowed and they harvested the fields. They worked their fields for 490 years. So now my question is this. If they had done that for 490 years, how many years did they owe God? 70 years. Because every seventh year, right? So for seven straight years, they've been doing this for 490 years. Right? So they owe God 70 years. Now we look at the next uh, slide. Huh? The few who survived. So what happened was, after 490 years of doing this, the Babylonians came and captured them. All right? Plundered, uh, Jerusalem was brought into a, uh, came down to a rubble. All right? And the few who survived were taken away as slaves. Okay? The few who survived were taken as exiles to Babylon. And they became servants to the king and his sons until the kingdom of Persia came into power. So the messenger, uh, the message of the Lord spoken through Jeremiah was fulfilled. The land finally enjoyed its Sabbath rest, lying desolate until the 70 years were fulfilled, just as the prophet had said. Isn't that amazing? They worked the land for 490 straight years. And God says, look, you have forgotten who really owns the land. I want my 70 years back. And so God brought the Babylonians, brought Jerusalem down to rubble, captured them, took the Israelites to Jerusalem as slaves, as exiles. They were there, and the land, they were in Babylon for 70 years. And in that 70 years, God took back what was His. He took back His 70 years, this time forcibly. All right, this time forcibly. Why did God do that? Why? Because God needed to remind them that He always reserves something for Himself in this world to remind us that He is the sovereign owner of everything. So sometimes it happens to me, you know. I forget. And... Um, supposed to give my tithe, supposed to give God, and I forget, or I, or I feel, you know, Lord, this month very tight, difficult for me, um, so I, this month I won't give. And so I either don't give or I give less than I should. You know, it, it is not the amount, it's the heart. The heart is telling God, Lord, I know this is you know, the money I have, but listen, I've budgeted something else this month, it's going to be very tight, so sorry. And you know what will happen when I, when I think this way? Inevitably, this happened to me many times. Inevitably, that month, some unnecessary expense would come. My television will break down. My car will break down. I've got to send the car for extra servicing or repair. And then I 
look at how much the expenses are, and I said, okay, this was what I was supposed to give. God would take it back because He wants to remind me, look, you think it's tough, you think it's difficult for you to stretch this, can you trust me? I am the owner of everything you have. If you honour me, I know how to honour you. If you give to me, I know how to return to you. It's a principle. It's not about the money. And then we see that God did it with a tithe. Alright? God did it with a tithe. Leviticus 27, verse 30. One-tenth of the produce of the land where the grain from the fields or fruit from the trees belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to Him as holy. So again, the principle is this. One-tenth come to me. The rest you keep. But it's a reminder that everything really belongs to me. Alright? And if you honour me with this, you would have more than enough. More than enough. And God came up against the people in the days of Malachi and He says this, You have cheated me of the tithes and offerings due to me. You are under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there, be, well, there will be enough food in my temple. And if you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you and I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. God says, don't sit down with your paper and do the calculation and say, I can't this month. Trust me. Because everything actually belongs to me. If you honour me with one-tenth, because I'm the owner of everything, I know how to. I will know how to. I will know how to make what you have overflow. That's how he is. I know there was a dad and a son who went away on a daddy-son uh, weekend away. And on their way back, they were driving and suddenly they saw a McDonald's by the, 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 the highway. And so they pulled into McDonald's and um, the son was saying, I, 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 Daddy, I, I want a big bag of fries. And the dad, they went and found a seat. The son sat, the dad went to the counter. He ordered a, a large fries. And he brought the hot steaming fries to his son. They could see, you know, the steam rising up. And it looked so crispy and lovely. And the dad put it there. And the dad just sat and watched his son enjoy his fries. The son was licking his fingers and he's taking the fries, a little bit of salt, you know, and the fries, and the son was enjoying the fries and he was eating and eating. And then the father, as all dads do, and my children will tell you that, the dad, smiling at them, looking at them, reached out and took one fry and put it into his mouth. And the son threw a fit. Dad, that is mine. How can you take my fries? Go get your own. Go buy your own. I want this for myself. <coughs> and the dad immediately stopped. And uh, he didn't get any more fries. He just sat there and waited for his son to eat. And, and then they were driving back. And it was a silent drive back. The dad was just thinking, my son hasn't learned this. My son hasn't learned this. Doesn't he understand that I just wanted one fry? Just just to say, okay, I enjoy seeing you eat. Let me enjoy this with you. Um, because if I wanted to, I could have taken the whole thing. If I wanted to, I could have just taken the whole thing and he would have nothing left. 
number two, if only he had said, Dad, come, 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 share with me, I would have gone and gotten some more so that we could have more and even eat it on the way. Because I am able to get him more than he even asked for. And this is the same principle. All right, the same principle. That God says, don't be stingy. Listen, I'm reserving something for myself in your world to remind you that I am the owner of everything. If you honor me in this, I know how to take care of you. That what you would have would overflow. The balance you have will overflow. And so we see, okay, very quickly, huh? we see this. He did it with a tree, that principle. He did it with a day. He did it with a city. He did it with a land. And he did it with a tithe. Yeah? The same principle over and over again. That God always reserves something for Himself in this world to remind us that He is the sovereign owner of everything. Deuteronomy 10.14 says this, Look, the highest heavens and the earth and everything in it belong to the Lord your God. Everything in it. Everything belongs to the Lord your God. Everything. Alright? So the principle is this. Give not because you have to, but give because it is the Lord's. I know it's so nice to say, give not because you have to, but give because you want to. That's great. But the real principle is give not because you have to, but give because it really belongs to God anyway. And when we understand the principle, then it's easy. And it's not just about money. It's about everything. Your house. Open your homes so that you can bless people. Your cars. Use your cars for God. It's your treasure, yes. But God can take your car away tomorrow. Use it for the Lord. Use everything you have. Your jobs. You know, use it for the Lord. A good position in your job. Use your position to bless other people. Use everything that God has. Your children who are your treasure. Your stewards, they don't really belong to you, by the way. You're stewards of them for a few years, and one day you've got to let them go. Because they really belong to God. Before they were yours, they were already God's. And they will always be God's. So the way you, you, you raise your children should be that way. Because you should raise your children with the understanding that actually my kids belong to God. They are mine for a while, but they're good. They, they belong to God. And so the way I raise them must be in a way that would honor the one who owns them. That's how I should raise my kids. All right, so in closing, I'm just going to share with you six things to remember about giving. All right? Six things. Number one, you are merely a steward of all you have. You are not the owner of anything you have. You may say, my bank account, my salary, my children, my house, my car, beep, 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 wrong on every, on, every, on every point. None of it is yours. All of it belongs to God. 
He just blesses us with those things. Just like the father giving those french fries. In his mind, if I wanted to, I can just take them all away and say, okay, no, no more for you. I can do that. Or what I can do is I can bless him with some more. So everything we have, we are just stewards of them. Okay? Number two, don't limit yourself to 10%. You give, God takes care of you. Meaning you say, you cannot say, okay, I've already given 10% to go. Don't do that. Just give. Where there is a need, you give. And you just trust God for the rest. You give, God takes care of you. That is a, a biblical principle. God will never fail you. Never. So the, the Lord said, isn't it, give. And test me in this. That means, come on, try me. Test me. Sh- let me show you. Let me prove myself to you. And see if I don't open the windows of heaven and pour out such a blessing that you cannot even contain it anymore. I think that's amazing. But that is God's principles. That's His promise. So don't limit yourself to 10%. You give God takes care of you. And I want to say how, how proud I am, in a good way, in a good way, uh, you know, how proud I am of High Point Life. Because I believe this church has a spirit of generosity. Every time you said there is a need, we didn't need, we, would, we never needed to, 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 to make those announcements too often. We thought that this week we're going to make this announcement and make an appeal for the church in India. We didn't need to because the money was already raised. It's just amazing to see a church of our size so generous that we've begun to sow in many places. And that's why I believe with all my heart, as we continue sowing, we're going to see the harvest. It will come. Amen? It will come. Number three, give cheerfully, not grudgingly. And that's important. Don't say, you're nobody giving. Okay, okay, actually I gave already, you know, I'll give again. Don't do that. Give cheerfully, not grudgingly. Alright? Number four, don't be calculative with God. Don't be calculative with God. Alright? And that is never a good thing. You see these two on the screen? I hope that's what you see. What do you see? No, wrong, wrong. Okay. Ah. One dollar, hundred dollars. One day, a hundred dollar bill and a one dollar bill were being decommissioned. They were old already. So they were in the, in the vault being decommissioned. The one dollar was next to the hundred dollars and the one dollar looked at the hundred dollars and said, Hello. And the hundred dollar looked at the Hi. And the one dollar said, Hello, I'm one. And hundred said, Hey, I'm I'm hundred. And then the one dollar said, Well, we have been around for a long time and now they are decommissioning us. I I must say I've had a good a good life. What about you? And the hundred dollars began to warm up. And the hundred dollars says, I've had a great life. I've been to so many places. I, I, I've been to Club Med, you know, in Maldives. I've been to Disneyland. I've been to London, I've been to Switzerland, I've been to Germany, I've even been skiing in the Alps. I, 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 you know, I, I've, I've gone up to the Alps where there was a ski resort and I, I've seen the inside of Queen Elizabeth ship. I've had a great time. I've had a really great time. I think I've, I, I'm ending my life with lots of memories. What about you? And the one dollar said, oh, I, I've been around. I've been inside a Methodist church. I've been inside 
an Episcopal church. I've been inside a Brethren church, a Baptist church, a Pentecostal church. Uh, I've been inside an Anglican church, a Presbyterian church. And the, and the hundred dollars says, wait, 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 wait. What's a church? Don't be calculative with God. Second Corinthians tells us this, each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly, nor under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Number five, when we withhold from God, I'm not going to say God withholds from us, I'm just going to say when we withhold from God, we lose. We lose. It's as simple as that. All right? Because God longs to bless us. But when we withhold from God, we lose. We miss out on the blessings that God wants and is waiting to release for us. You know, I, I, I always talk to my wife about this and my children actually. And I tell them, you know, um, I stopped working about six years ago. Uh, I still had a company, but I had stopped working, stopped getting a salary. I went uh, to serve, the, serve God full-time in the church. And um, God has never failed to provide for me. We have never been in a situation where we were in want. Um, God has always shown up because, you know, even when I didn't have, I would still give. Because I learned what it means to be generous. Uh, and so I would still give, and I would give lavishly. And because of that, God has always taken care of my family and I. It's, it's, it's a personal testimony. He has always taken care of our family. You know? Uh, and I, I, I can look back, and I can say this from experience. When we withhold, we lose. When we withhold, we lose. But when we give generously, God will open the windows of heaven and He will bless us. 2 Corinthians 9.6 The point is this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. It's a biblical principle. When you are generous, you will reap generosity. When you're stingy, you will reap lack. You will have a lack when you reap. Alright? It's a biblical principle. And finally, God is a giver. And we are to bear His image. If you claim to be a child of God, you must have His DNA coursing through your veins. Okay? If you claim to be a child of God, you must have His DNA in you. And God is a generous God. He's a giving God. And so as God's people, it is only, I want to say the word natural, because we are children, but actually we are, it's supernatural to give. Okay? Because we are the spiritual children of God. So it is supernatural to give, because we are His children. So when I mean, we keep on being calculative and stingy and saying, no, I don't believe in giving. Why must you give so much? Who did you think they are? Uh, when we think this way, 
that we are not thinking as God's children anymore. Because we, that's nothing like our Father. Yeah? So here, I'm going to end with this. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. God is challenging us to test Him in this. All right? To give Him. To give Him. Because in our world, He always reserves something to remind us that He is the owner of everything. So, once we know that God owns everything, then we're only giving back what is His. Not saying that, okay, this is what I have, this is what I'll give God. No. Well, I've heard people say, what are you doing with my money? What are you doing with my money? I've given it in the bag. What happened to my money? No, it is not your money anymore. It is not your money in the first place. It's God's money. Everything you have, everything I have, belongs to the Lord. That's the principle. Right? So, listen. The last slide. Give God what's right, not what's left. Most of us live this way. I will use and what is left, I'll give God. No, you give God what is right. Because everything belongs to Him, not what is left. The leftovers, you only give your dog. Okay? I know it's the same three letters, D-O-G and G-O-D, but God is not a dog. You don't give Him the leftovers. Alright? Give God what is right, not what's left. And so, that's the principle of divine possession. Right? The law of divine possession. I want us all to stand up. We're going to close. And I want us to bow our heads. Maybe this morning, I pray and I hope that this message has spoken to you in some way. Maybe there's some, something in your life, an area in your life that you have just held back from giving God. Because you feel, no, no, I know I've given God all this, but this one I want for myself. This one I cannot. This one I want. Now listen, this morning I want to challenge you to give it up. I want to challenge you to say, Lord, this also is yours. My children also are yours. My children are yours. I know I want them to do this. I want them to do that. I want them to go to the university and get this particular degree. Listen. They are God's children. They are God's possession. Why don't you pray over them and say, Lord, whatever you want, not what I want. Surrender your children to God. Surrender your finances to God. Surrender your business to God. Surrender your marriage to God. Surrender your possessions to God. Surrender all these things to God. Give God what's right, not what's left. Wherever you are in your heart, I want you to just start now. Lord, I surrender this. Oh, I surrender that. And name that thing. Name that thing. Name that thing. You know what I'm talking about. When I mention this, something would go through your mind right now. And that's what God wants you to surrender. Why don't you do that right now? Lord, we come to you, Lord. We want to thank you for reminding us this morning that you are the sovereign owner of everything we have. That while you have blessed us and blessed us abundantly, you have also reminded us 
that our blessing is also yours. So Lord, we just pray that we would live lives that are accountable to you, lives that are responsible for using the things that you have blessed us with so that whatever we use here on earth would reflect your blessing and would go back to you and glorify you. I pray, God, right now that we would get our lives right, our attitude right when it comes to our treasures, whether it be monetary treasure or possession or even our, the people whom we love and value. Lord, we surrender our relationships, our homes, our bank accounts, our salaries, our, our jobs. We surrender, Lord, everything that we have to you. They are yours. We, we confess they are yours. And we acknowledge that you are our Lord over everything. May we be good stewards of all that you have blessed us with. And we ask this in Jesus' precious name. And all of God's people say, Amen, Amen.